documentary, Robin. We're making news in, in just 44 minutes. We've had more. <laughs> We've had everyone who's yes. in the news on. <laughs> By the way, what, oh, here's something. Now, this is just radio stuff. You know I love talking radio. I do. I read this yesterday, and I went, this is pretty amazing. And, and people outside of New York won't even care about this, but who gives a fuck? Um, Jim Kerr gets five more years waking up New York on WAXQ, Q104.3. Uh, I read this. I get a service that reports on radio news, you know, and I, I read it because I've, I'm in radio, kind of. I mean, now that we're on satellite, we're not really we're not in radio. Really in radio. Yeah. We don't know what we're in. We're in some other bizarro <laughs> world. But I think we're in I space. Like I think we're up there with yeah. that rover, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, we're on Mars with rover taking pictures <laughs> and sending them back to you. But, um, you know, I when I was a little, I, I wouldn't say I was a little boy. I don't know when Jim Kerr got on the radio. I think he's around my age. But this he guy was seen, pretty young when he got on, right? He got on the radio when he was 15 years old, 15 years old. He had like a nine minute radio show, like he had nine minutes of radio time. I don't know where this was, but this guy had such a great career. I said, you know, I just wanted a career like Jim Kerr. Like I was like, it's so beautiful. Like it's so stress free. This guy has a gorgeous speaking voice, Jim Kerr. And I'd hear him on WPLJ, which was my local rock FM station. And he was the morning guy, and I'd hear him, and I go, "Jesus Christ, how am I going to get that good?" Like you know, he's like ninety-five-five WPLJ. You're listening, you know, it's very smooth. <laughs> and I was like, "How am I? How am I ever going to do that?" I don't. I don't even. I don't. I mean, maybe I'm insane wanting to go on the radio. You know, at fifteen, I, at fifteen, I was such a little jerk off. No, he was a big gangly jerk off. <laughs> and I would go around telling everyone, I'm going to be on the radio and I'm going to be successful. And they'd be like, there is no evidence that you, you fucking loser, are going to be on the radio. There's just no way. And they were right. There was no evidence. My father even said to me, you're such a fucking loser. You're, you, 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 there's nothing about you that says radio. Nothing. And like me, like I knew I wanted to be on the radio when I was five. Jim Kerr wanted to be a disc jockey after his second grade field trip. They went to WWJ in Detroit. And he started his career at 14. Like he wasn't fucking around. He was at WYNZ in Ypsilanti, Michigan. How did and he get that voice at 14? Uh, it's unbelievable. Me, I was walking around like, hey, everyone. <laughs> like, I don't know what kind of voice I had. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on the radio. I, I just remember even the guy who gave me my first radio job said my tape was kind of shitty. It's just that I seemed like a nice guy with a nice haircut and that I'd show up because the job was $4 an hour. I mean, I am here through sheer will, like stupid fucking will. Like I'm the stupidest guy on the planet when you think about it. Stop it. I sounded like Kermit choking on a cock. It was like, <laughs> hey, everybody, you know, hey, this is W R N W. You know, I was a mess. But like uh, Jim Kerr, here's Jim Kerr, WPLJ in 1975. Just this is what I was. Let's see, in 1975, I was in, you know, I, I guess I was still in college, and like I'd come home to New York and hear this. 
Kelly's at WPLJ. That's He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. And the Eagles before that did one of these nights. We heard from the Beach Boys, great old song called Do It Again at WPLJ. Hardly sunny this morning, cloudy this afternoon in the high 70s, cloudy tonight in the high 60s. Well, and I'd sit there and listen to it and go, oh, my God. Yeah, pretty good day. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> not a fumfer, not a, uh, you know, like like perfect. And that's the kind of radio, and my, my, my father would hear the radio and go, that, that's a radio guy. <laughs> you know, I was so stupid, I thought I'd be good on the radio. There was no evidence of that. But I mean, I'd hear this guy, and he was like around my age or something, and I'm, I'm still in college, and he's on WPLJ in New York, the, the biggest radio market in the country. And, this and the Weather Bureau has something special in store for us to start our holiday weekend off. Occasional light rain tomorrow <laughs> with a high in the mid-70s. Right now, it's six- mid-70s. And I go, how did those guys get that smooth delivery in that voice? Like, do they have a cold? Like, they even sound like they have a cold. Like, there's right. a certain Their sound. Their noses always sound yeah. clogged. Yeah. 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 I was like, fuck. And then, like, in 1985, WPLJ switched to top 40. And guess who's still doing more? Like, it didn't even matter to him. Like, he could no, do. No, he was the guy who did what. Everybody told us to do in radio. He could work any format. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm willing to work any format. I'm a complete sellout. <laughs> but but just, I, I, I'm so bad. There was a guy on the radio. I don't know what happened to him. He was so fucking good. This guy's name was Al Bernstein. And he used to be on WNEW Rock Radio. And I would listen to him and he'd be like, he's like that. You know, hey, everybody, what's happening? <laughs> and then I heard, and then this guy, one day I hear, oh, Al's, um, on weekends, he's on a classical, classical music station, you know, like Beethoven. Right. He's, he's doing, he's announcing classical music. And there was a big debate in the radio community. Should Albert, doesn't that ruin his rock credibility? Cause he's on, I'm gonna go ruin his rock credibility. This guy's fucking unbelievable. He can announce the telephone bug. He was so smooth. And I'm like, gee, I wish I would do that in a minute. I'd go on rock radio and then I'd go do classical music. I don't care. Just, but I sounded like shit. I couldn't so sound like these guys. What I figured out, you and Jim Kerr are the same age. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, and I'm still dicking around in college radio trying to find myself. And this guy's like, WPLJ, there's the Stones, and then we're going to, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know how I went into radio. I mean, I, I, my father was right. I was an idiot. <laughs> and this guy, Al Bernstein, he would be like, yeah, he'd be on WNEW FM. That was, that was Steppenwolf. And, uh, here's, uh, you know, Seals and Crofts and blah, blah, blah. And then you tune over to the classical music station. He'd be like, that was Beethoven's fifth movement. <laughs> you know, but. The guy was a young guy. He'd already he'd already announced the name of every song ever written, ever written for, by by classical, the Beethoven, Mozart, uh, you name it, the Stones, the Beatles, the Kinks, and it was beautiful. And I'm like, how the fuck am I ever ever gonna get a career in radio going? And then oh, so then w, so here he is on WPLJ when they're in 1975 when they're a rock station and they're cool and everything. Eight like, degrees outside. <laughs> Alexander's department stores at the special low price of only three dollars and ninety four cents. So then they decide in nineteen eighty five to go top forty, which was horrible. But Jim Kerr was like, "Okay, go top forty. I don't give two fucks." Right. Listen to Just him. Tell me. Listen. WPLJ.
Your chance to win the hot tickets. Prince Eddie Murphy or Chicago happens at any moment. If you win, you choose your favorite concert on Hit Radio 95 WPLJ. It's a quarter before 9 o'clock. Blue sky up overhead. Cold, though. 30 degrees right now. Wind chill factor about 15. Given the weather. WPLJ. And my idea being on the radio, would, you know, at that point, would be like, hey, I just it seems like a cush job. You announced a couple of records, and then you just give the weather. You can't fuck it up. Oh, I fucked it up plenty. <laughs> I couldn't even get the records on in time. My first job, it was dead air all over the place. Like, I couldn't get to the next record. It never occurred to me, maybe come in early and, like, pick out all the records ahead of time. A stupid asshole I was. Like, I didn't want to annoy the other DJs by being in the studio. I'll never forget the first time I was on the air at the WRNW. I, I fucked up so bad, I jammed the entire board where you <laughs> play the records. And they had to bring in an engineer. And I woke up the program director who had pulled an all-night shift at another radio station. I was How such a fucking the, loser. The oh, uh, machine jammed. Two hours. I had a oh, six-hour shift. It was two hours. I don't know how they didn't fire me. The guy was a saint, oh, Donald J. Hey. Barnett. Thank you, sir, for not firing me. Rest in peace. What a nice guy. But And I remember, like, I never wanted to walk into the DJ booth ahead of my show so I wouldn't annoy the, the DJ on the air because, he, you know, to pull the records out would have been annoying to him. Me, I'm on the first time. My fucking hands are shaking. The guy who follows me comes in two hours early, and he's sitting there talking to me during my shift. <laughs> and I don't, now I'm like, oh, I don't want to be rude, but Jesus Christ, my, I'm, I, I'm fucking up left and right here. And he's like, hey, man, how are you doing? And I'm like, how am I doing? <laughs> I, I don't have time to answer you. I'm the only guy here, and I'm fucking playing records, and I'm, I'm, I'm not segueing the records. I'm a, I'm a loser. I'm going to lose this job. And, and, I, and I was thinking the whole time, this guy must, this guy was so professional. He must have been listening to me on the way in and laughing his ass off. Oh. What a loser. He probably came in to see what the douchebag looked like. It was on the radio. And this guy's my same age, Jim Kerr. And listen to this fucker. I'm having PTSD right now. Hit Radio 95. WPLJ. PLJ. Good morning. It's 12 before 9 o'clock. Blue sky up overhead. It is oh. not as warm as it looks, though, so make sure. You... <laughs> Even that little laugh. It's not as warm as it looks. You know, I was like, how do you do that? Wear a coat when you go out today. You're going to freeze. You got the number two song in the. I knew I was in deep trouble. So what did I do? I said, I got to start being funny. <laughs> I got to quit this bullshit. I got to stop. Playing around with these records. Right. Yeah, I got to get the records out of my act because I'm in deep, deep shit. I'm never going to be able to pay for my kid if I ever have one. I'm going to be really the loserish, loserish loser. <laughs> I'm in deep trouble. Oh, my God. When I, you know, and and so I said, like, maybe I could be a morning man and, like, put together that crazy show. Oh, it was such a struggle. But you know what? You know when I got my victory? This is a great story. This is when I had my victory. Uh, it was years later, and of course, we were on a New York radio. We are on K-Rock. And I said to uh, Gary, go out. And um, I sent Gary over somewhere to interview somebody. Where did I send you, Gary? 
Huey Lewis was playing the Garden, and the record company said, hey, anybody who wants to interview Huey, come on back, you know, before the show, and you can talk to him. So I was in line with, like, five radio stations, and Jim Kerr was one of them. Right. And, and so I said to you, Carrie, go and ask Huey Lewis. Like, what kind of questions <clears throat> did I give you? Uh, do you worship the devil? Like, just really right. dumbass, stupid questions. Right. I, said, said, you know, I said, I don't mean to buzz balls, but go over there and ask Huey Lewis if he worships the devil. It'll be funny. So, and by the way, Huey Lewis had a really good sense of humor. It, it actually ended up not being funny because he was just like, hey, that's pretty funny. But anyway, <laughs> Jim Kerr is there too, waiting in line to interview Huey Lewis. And he grabs Gary aside. And what did he say to you? He goes, you know what? You guys think you could do anything you want, and you're ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> and I was like, I, like, I didn't know how to respond Good. to that. I was like, I, I don't know. Here's how you respond. This is Howard's mission to ruin it for the rest of you. He's so jealous that you guys have had these fabulous careers where you make tons of money just announcing the weather. And he's angry and jealous and, 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 and vindictive. And he's going he's gonna to work every day to make his show so funny that you guys are going to be forced to have to do something. <laughs> That's how you. But it was like that. Howard. The attitude was more. It was like he's like, "Thanks, thank you very much for ruining it for the rest of us." That's what you guys are doing. By the way, that's a huge compliment to me. <laughs> I mean, it really is. But uh, but anyway, Jim Kerr is kind of my hero because if I could have had a career like that where I made time, he makes a lot of money, I think, and all he's got to do is you know nine to five. He now works at the Classic Rock Station, and Jim just up, re-upped for another five years, and good for oh, but him. But he's worked, hasn't he worked country? He's worked. Oh, everything. everything. He's done everything. He, worked, <laughs> he, was, he was on the country station for a while. It didn't even matter, and that's my attitude. And, and I have more in common with Jim Kerr. My attitude with announcing was, I don't give a fuck what music we play. You know, Meg Griffin used to get very angry with me. Meg is all about the music and the integrity. I have zero integrity. You tell me to play. <laughs> if I could announce like Jim Kerr, I would be on country stations. I wouldn't, you know, people in radio say, boy, Jim Kerr, what a phony. He was on rock radio. Now he's doing country. I go, God bless him. He's making a living. You know, I mean, good Lord. Guys made a fortune just giving you the weather. Over music. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> York City for you right now. It's genius. WPLJ. Your chance to win the hot tickets, Prince, Eddie Murphy, or Chicago, happens at any moment. If you win, you choose your favorite concert on Hit Radio 95, WPLJ. It's a quarter before 9 o'clock. Blue sky up. I'm such a radio geek. Like, I, I'm fascinated. Like, I always goofed on jingles and stuff. But the other night, literally, I mean, I've been in radio a long time. The other night, I watched an entire seminar. I defy anyone to sit through this. I watched an entire seminar on a guy from a jingle company lecturing on why it's important to have jingles on your radio station. Oh. And he gave a full presentation and he was interviewed. And it went something like, you know, to boil it down, really, what he was saying is, you know, you go to a rock and roll show and when the band comes out, they, they don't just walk out on stage. There's always something. There's like music or some kind of sound effects or something to get the audience really fucking jacked up. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones, and it's, it's something that happens. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. 
He goes, radio stations need the same thing. They need this excitement, this you know crazy fucking excitement. You know, this whole... Uh, Overhead cold, though. 30 degrees right now. Windchill factor about 15. WPLJ. You just need that uh, crazy, crazy... <laughs> WNBC. You know, and it was a, you know, but what am I doing sitting and watching this stuff? I'm so taken with radio and, and, and everything about it that I still to this day want to hear what you people have to say. You recently watched this jingle thing? Two nights ago, yeah. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> Where did you even find it? Well, because it gives me ideas. It's like, you know, when we were at NBC, we had to play jingles. Yes. And so I, I went and recorded, I had a, a jingle company record like, ridiculous jingles like howard stern is a douchebag you know and and i was like well there's some excitement nobody's ever heard that before <laughs> howard one of our great ones was um you stupid dick yeah you stupid dick and you know what? i took such pleasure because i knew there was like three women and three men jingle singers professional jingle singers who knock this shit out every day singing you stupid dick <laughs> it just turned me on. Didn't I do that at NBC, Gary? I actually think we did that at K Rock. K Rock. Um, oh, we, yeah. we and you know what? As usual, because we had no money, like somebody's husband ran a jingle house and did them for us for free. Yeah, but they sounded Thank great. You. Yep, you stupid dick. That eh, was eh, Jesse eh, Ellen eh. Brown's husband. Yeah. Right. Oh wow, good memory. It's you. <laughs> Always showing off. Ah. That memory of yours. Uh, yeah. Hey, Scott, what's up? This is Scott from Texas. How are you holding up out there, pal? Hey, Howard. Um, right now. Doing okay, actually. Um, you know, there's all this stuff going hey, on now. about the electric rates that are going to skyrocket. And it's just sort of frustrating because people like myself, signed up for a fixed rate and paid more and um, so that if something like this happened, it wouldn't go through the roof. And there's basically a legal way to, like, hedge a bet and do a variable rate. And as long as the power is cheap, you're great. But if something horrible happens, it's going to go through the roof. And... um, yeah, people, now, much to your point, people, people now in Texas are being charged like $17,000 on their account. When I said 4500 a yeah. few moments ago, I saw a news story with a woman who she used to pay like 95 cents, 63 yeah. cents. And then for five days, she got a bill for $4,500. Yeah. It's all good until you realize yeah. the power company isn't winterizing their equipment. So it's exactly. weird. Exactly. And yeah. Well, that's because your boy, that your elected governor, George Dub, what is his name, George Bush, he um, he he was in bed with these uh, companies, and he deregulated. He, he started that whole. We got to get away from the government. We got to well, deregulate. Give them freedom, freedom, well, freedom, freedom, freedom. Fuck your freedom. Now you're fucked. Freedom. The the others did. I I had nothing to do with him. I hear you. So, but you're stuck. Um, but I think maybe We're maybe stuck. there's hope. Maybe people will start to look at this stuff and go, wait a second, maybe it ain't fake news. 
Maybe people are telling well, the worried, truth. I'm worried about the people that got duped into doing the variable rate because I think the yep. electrical providers were predators as well. Dude, they, your system there is so that. fucked up. I mean, you know, I like the whole Ted Cruz handing out water. That's just laughable. That reminded me when Trump went down and after the hurricanes was throwing up paper towels of fucking people. I mean, it's so contemptuous. Here, um, I got caught, so here's some water. You know, like, dude, are you kidding yeah. me? But I got he a feeling you're... In and the guy you rejected there, Beto O'Rourke, was the whole time was out there like volunteering and helping people. And I think you would have had a good man there who might have looked into these things, but forget about it. You, when you go to these I, nuts I and you too. tell them, you know, then they I go, no, the better O'Rourke's going to take away our guns. No one's taking away your guns. If Obama didn't take away your guns, no one's taking away your guns. What are you doing with your guns? Your guns are waterlogged yeah. because your ceiling pipes just broke. You know, exactly. And some of these assholes with the guns, you know, I told you I'm a big Second Amendment guy. I, be I believe in the Second Amendment. But you take some of these guys running around, they don't even know what the fuck they're doing with that gun. Like, they couldn't even pass the fucking FBI instructor's exam. Now, it's a hard exam. Don't get me wrong. The FBI instructor, gun instructor exam is a very difficult exam. But people are walking around with a gun. They better know how to fuck it. They should be able to pass that test. You can't pass that test. You shouldn't be fucking walking around with a gun. That's it, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. I agree. Yep. All right, forget the FBI instructor. Pass the, pol the police one, which is the easiest one. And why is the police gun exam the easiest one to test to see how well you why fire and how well yeah. you draw? The easiest one because the police departments in this country don't have enough money to give the cadets bullets to practice with. <laughs> so they get this this very few bullets. You need a lot of bullets to get good. It's a, it's a whole, everything's a shit show. Everything's a shit show. You got to fire thousands of rounds to get quick on the draw, to be able to hit a target. It isn't easy. But, uh, you know, there's so many fucked up things. But like, getting back to Texas, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, they had this guy, Beto O'Rourke. Do I say he's perfect? Howard, no. It, but but so I got news for you. Perfect. No. He definitely would have been there with you during a crisis and maybe would have looked into the power companies. But, you know, there's this crazy energy going around in this country. I don't know, man. But Well, it, it's really weird, too, because we have all these blue islands like Dallas and Austin, San Antonio, Houston, right. El Paso, and then everything else is completely red. I mean, and we were doing so good getting companies from California to move here and move their headquarters here and it helped a lot and i know after this storm that we had and the incompetence that's going to stop so yeah well i don't know you know and i hate to always sound like i'm like mr blue i'm not i am mr red many times i've, I've explained to you i'm not a fucking guy who's like a knee-jerk liberal i'm I, i'm so fucking conservative and uh but you're so but this fucking crazy pessimistic. Oh my, oh, my God. God. oh, my God. All I'm hearing is the sky is falling. The sky well, is, it is falling. You don't you had a choice. see the most incredibly talented people in this country? No. I see a guy like Beto O'Rourke sitting on the sidelines, and Ted Cruz is in power. And Ted Cruz is the guy on the plane running. And, yes, and, but and, eventually and, people and are going to realize you can't vote for dummies. 
I met, well, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Hey, Scott, I got to go. I don't want to get all political. It's too much anyway. Because it's not about red or blue. It's about stupid or smart. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I I like uh, voting for for Republicans. I'm I'm not anti-Republican. I I don't know. Well, the other night I had a conversation with you, and I was like, the only thing I didn't say was, you see, I'd be a Republican, but I can't. (laughs) You can. If you want to be one, you can. You can. If if you're a rational thinking person, you can. I mean, they've they've thrown it all away. Now it's anti-science and... Uh, it's saying fake news. It's all crazy shit. All right. Yeah. Coming at you, WPLJ. Mr. Joe Walsh with the James Gang. Walk away. I love this man so much. Joe Walsh. What a talent. Seems to me Seems to me I'm sure he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Not just for the Eagles But for his solo work A really A real genius I was watching a video of him the other day He was performing with Sheryl Crow Cheryl Crow and Joe Walsh wrote a song together a couple of years ago. I can't think of the name of it offhand, but they were performing together. Joe is even just physically so entertaining to look at. And when he plays the guitar, he's just, I don't, I don't know. I I don't want him to ever die. He's one of those guys. He's just so good. And, you know, what a miracle that Joe Walsh is alive. We we knew Joe through his horrible drinking years, and, you know, he really abused himself. And I always thought, oh, Joe's going to die, Joe's going to die. And then he, he pulled himself together. The Eagles gave him the ultimatum. They said, listen, dude, you've got to get your shit together. You've got, if you want to be in the Eagles, that's it. They, they, they hardlined him. And man, oh, man, he snapped fucking two. And, you that know. must be how much he loves music. Yeah. Like they were going to take it away from him. And he said, okay, I'll get straight. And even like, um, you know, it's it's really, I'm kind of conflicted. Those days when Joe was drunk and stuff, it was sad to be around him. But he was so talented, I think, that that's, that, so he, he ended up with a lot of enablers around him. Yeah. You know, and because he's so talented, you just went, well, he's allowed to do whatever he wants. But the Eagles kind of laid down the law to him and said, look, you're not allowed to do whatever you want. Oh, this is interesting. Joe Walsh. Other talented people, yes. Yeah. They were like, we can kind of do this without you. Don't be an asshole. You're going to fuck yourself out a lot of money. Joe Walsh is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the Eagles, but not as a solo artist. Well, there's another huge mistake. Uh, if you're going to have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Joe Walsh with the James Gang, and also as a solo Honest, artist. As a solo artist. Yeah. Stevie Nicks called Joe Walsh the greatest love of her life. I think uh, really? I want to call, I, I, I have called Joe Walsh the greatest love of my life. So I uh, we compete. He was with Joe Walsh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Joe, hey. 
<laughs> you know what's funny about women? All of a sudden, I saw that look in your eyes where you go, gee, I never thought of Joe sexually. And all of a sudden, you just had that look where you went, oh, so he was like good enough for Stevie Nicks. Maybe I'll give him a chance. I saw that fucking look. I saw it in your eyes. The whole light bulb went on. Oh, wow. It's the, in college, I knew this really, really good-looking girl. She was a friend of mine, never wanted to have sex with me, wanted nothing to do with We used to walk to classes together. This woman named Rita. And uh, Rita would walk with me. We, we'd known each other since we were kids. Yeah. And she was stunning, you know. She's, she was almost like, I would say she's probably 5'10", 5'11". A body like Cher. Think of Cher's body. And the long hair, except not dark, but blonde. Mm-hmm. And she was a showstopper. And I'd walk with her, not thinking anything about it, but I felt good walking next to her. First of all, I'm 6'5", she was tall, and I was like, hmm, God, she was my girlfriend, I, my head would explode. But she was, she, for a while, she was Dr. Lou's girlfriend. Um, oh, they wow. went out when I they were kids. That. So I knew her. And, uh, but, but in college, she, she ended up at the same college as us, and she, she, we would walk together. And I didn't really think much about it. I mean, I would imagine, oh, God, it makes me feel good. Like, I, I feel human next to her. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I'm not invisible. I feel like I'm almost attractive. Like Maybe I look like I have something going on. But it wasn't calculated. I enjoyed her company, and we walked together. Well, all of a sudden, I don't know where I was in my dormitory. A stunning. Now, when I say stunning woman came up to me. And started having a conversation with me. I was like looking around the room. What's going on? Is someone goofing on me? Is this like a joke? This girl was so good looking. She had uh, like a darkish complexion. Long dark hair. She had the body of a supermodel. She was probably about the same height as Rita. She was tall. And she starts uh, sort of flirting with me. I couldn't believe my good luck. I, I was beside myself. I was like, this is, this is too good to be true. What is going on right now? And she began to talk to me, and she was interested in me, and I was interested in her. One thing led to another. Uh, we eventually started to make out. Can you imagine? I'm in like, this hey. one encounter? No, I mean, it, it oh, built up over days. Of days, okay. And she, and she was smart. She had this um, ugly friend. A friend so ugly that uh, she, it was the two, the good looking one and the ugly friend, but the ugly friend was very bright and she was early into, into women's lib and women's consciousness and she would start teaching me things and the good looking one would also mimic some of the things she said. I was like, I was in, I was in a cult now. I would have done anything they said. If they said, listen, you got to go over there and jump in a river you and drown yourself. You ready to be recruited. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm in a world of intellectual thought. I'd never considered these women's issues. And uh, I was like, I was intoxicated. <laughs> I was intoxicated. And making out was occurring. I think I had even, uh, you know, felt her titties. Uh, you know, things were progressing where... I'm going to be fucking soon One with this girl. Days, yeah. This girl Dude. is on my way to being my girlfriend. This is unfucking believable. Howard Stern, winner. In fact, I even got scared. I was like, I don't even want to be this much of a winner. It's too much pressure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like walking around with her was pressure. She was you didn't the know hottest how to handle thing. This. this was too much. Yeah, babe. Think about the best looking girl you've ever and braless and the titties. And that was before implants. She had the real thing. <laughs> And this girl couldn't get enough of me. 
One day we're having a conversation. I'm getting more and more relaxed. And she says to me, what's with um, you and Rita? I go, oh, Rita. Yeah, yeah, I've known Rita for years, blah, 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 blah. You, you, well, you're her, you were her boyfriend, right? I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was vague. Well, I was too vague because she went up to Rita and said, oh. hey, is that guy your, was that guy your boyfriend? And she goes, him. Oh. You know, I mean. I don't know what she said, but whatever she said, she was honest. She said, no, I, you know, I just know him, you know, just who knows friend. what she's at. Yes. Yeah. You know, she had a distance. So wait, wait a second. I'm not alone. She might get the stank of me off. Her. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, well, I go over to this good looking girl's room. Nobody's home. What? Cut me off completely. She once she figured you? out what I'm saying is once she realized I wasn't desirable to read that she probably, in her mind, thought she was breaking us up. Right. And that uh, she now won the prize. She got the bachelor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because when good-looking women pay attention to you, I saw the look in Robin's eyes. As soon as I said Joe Walsh and Stevie next were a couple, and Stevie said Joe was the love of her life, oh, I saw the look in Robin's eyes. <laughs> I need a cock. Right. And I'm going to tell you the truth. big, pendulous breasts. I am going to tell you the truth. What? When that girl broke up with me, it was the best thing ever. I mean, she didn't even break up with me. She just gave me the call because it was that's too much for me. what I'm saying me. is she never spoke to you again. Yeah, that's right. Never oh again. Goodness. Ever. You know. You know, it isn't unlike, and Pete would say this, when Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson were dating, he became the hottest bachelor in the world. So hot That's that right. Kaya Gerber got fucking crazy and said, I got to have this guy. A Never mind, people. Ariana. Kate Beckinsale had yeah. taste. Kate, Kate, Beckinsale, <laughs> Kate Beckinsale was ready to jump through a window for Pete. <laughs> Pete's like, what the fuck? There are Ariana moments Grande. in a man. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. <laughs> no, no, no. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, even to keep Beth interested in me, once in a while I give her the list. You guys don't even know this list of some of the women I had sex with after my divorce. <laughs> I have to remind her. She might her. all of a sudden say, wait a minute. Yeah. what You know, <laughs> if you see me walking around the house with my belly and my shriveled up cock, you're going to say, to, you know, like at some point, a woman, so I go, every once in a while I go, oh, yeah, remember when I went out and no, 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 no. Like the other night, there was a really hot chick I dated. And Beth kind of knows, Beth knows about her. She knows everyone. I, but I, I went, oh, like I Googled the picture. And I go, oh, look at this horrible picture of, uh, meanwhile, it was some girl I had fucked. <laughs> In other words, and she looked amazing. Just to remind Beth that, you know, I was desirable. You got other. <laughs> yeah, you got to remind women <laughs> that there's someone out there. Someone fuck else you. wanted you. Yeah. Yeah. They can forget. They can forget. Like, Robin never looked at Joe sexually. All of a sudden, I saw you. Hmm. You know, maybe I should be fucking Joe Walsh. Uh, you know, he does yeah, look I'll good. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden. I saw it. Fuck I saw the look in her eyes. Yeah, exactly. This is the game we play. We're playing games. And believe me, I would love to, and I still remember this girl's first name from college, who cold shouldered me as soon as she realized that I wasn't desirable to Rita. And I think about her a lot because I wanted her so bad. You missed. You didn't get there. I missed. 
A swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. I was so <laughs> close. She was making me. And I and then I found out this girl uh, grew up in Westchester. Now, for those of you not from New York, Westchester to me meant rich people. I grew up in a right. shithole. When I tell you I grew up in a shithole, I grew up in the worst fucking hellhole ever. It, you know, to the point that the state had to come in and run the high school. It's never been done in our country before. It was run like a prison. There's barbed wire around my high school. That's how bad it was. And I'm in college now, and this hot chick who looks like a fucking supermodel, she tells me she grew up in Westchester. My, I, I knew of Westchester. I, like, I had gone there once. It was like the promised land. <laughs> Houses were like, that were like colonials. Colonial. I knew split level. I grew up on flat fucking Long Island. <laughs> Westchester was like, wow. I couldn't even, even imagine. Accents at I'm West telling you. And I mean, <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, she's probably wealthy. Now, can you imagine if a young Howard Stern had met a wealthy supermodel looking chick? I wonder what happened to this girl. I should announce her name. I would find <laughs> out. Don't forget now, she's probably like a close to 70. Good Lord, what she must look like. It's <laughs> probably a bigger train wreck than me. You never know with relationships. You never fucking know. You know, during the commercial, Rob and I were talking about Mitch McConnell. And, you know, I've heard people say, oh, Mitch McConnell got a mail order bride or some bullshit like that. It's not what you think it is. He is her piece of ass. Her father's rich. Can you rich. imagine? Mitch McConnell's wife, had pot, she did. She, she, he hit the jackpot with her. That's he got right. Because that. look at Mitch McConnell. I'll guarantee you right now Mitch McConnell has never fucked uh, until he got married. I guarantee you. <laughs> there is no woman on the planet who was fucking How do you guy. convince this woman? See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. What right. happened? How did he pull that off? Because her dad is super rich. Yep. So you can imagine in college when I'm all of a sudden dating a chick from Westchester. You were her Mitch McConnell. You wanted. I was almost. In, I should have paid this Rita to, to 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 go around announcing that I was the best fucking. You know, not only was I a a coke dealer, but I had a huge cock, and she couldn't get yeah, enough. Yeah, why of me. didn't you once she had started well, grilling you about Rita? Call Rita and say, "Look, you got to help didn't me have out." That. I'm not a liar. I'm not. I don't, I don't do cover ups well. The truth was going to come out one way or another. Imagine when when. When she imagine if I gotten to the point where I brought her home to my family, that was my biggest dread. I had a girlfriend when I was eighteen. I I was in love with her. I never brought her to meet my parents. Would have been no? a disaster. No, she would have dumped me in two minutes. Mom, Dad, this is my girlfriend Irene. You you go with him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's my girlfriend. She, they would she's have been girlfriend. your worst critics to your girlfriend? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> How, when Howard was a baby, they told me he he smiles like a moron, like a like a um, mongoloid. Yeah, the doctor said he was like a mongoloid. She would have been like, I'm, I'm not really Howard's uh, girlfriend, really. I mean, I fucked him a few times, but I'm out of here. You, you, you. Why did you lose a bet? How are you Howard's <laughs> girlfriend? Oh, they would have ruined it for me. Oh, my goodness. Plus, my parents didn't make the best presentation. It didn't look like a family you'd want to join.
<laughs> you know, I was thinking about that because hometowns for The Bachelor were last night. And, yeah, uh, yeah usually they, they must pick these girls and check out their families before they actually have that hometown. Because very few people are walking into nightmares. I've just never seen so many good looking girls who want to be on TV and date a guy. It's just an amazing. Everything's amazing to me. I love television. I love I love everything. <laughs> I love Except it all. government hey, right now. Uh, government, I'm a little down on. Not, 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 not. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to get back into that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear my thoughts on government. Um, by the way, speaking of musicians, side Joe Walsh, uh, I am so excited. Tomorrow we will be joined by Tom Morello, who, of course, was most famous for Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Uh, audio slave too, right? Would you right. say? Yeah. Oh yes. With Chris Cornell, and uh, just to me, I got into Tom Morello because he hosts a show on Sirius XM's Lithium Channel. And in fact, yesterday they had a new episode. I was listening to it, and why I like this guy so much. Not only is he one of the best guitar players in the world. I mean, he's such. Look, uh, Tom Morello knows it. He's not only one of the best guitar players in the world. And has written great music. And a true innovator. When you watch him play guitar, and I've watched this guy play guitar many times, when he does that thing, not only when he plays lead, but when he takes his hand and flips it over the frets in the opposite direction of what most guitar players hold their hand, I've never seen anything like it. I don't even know how to explain how he plays the guitar. And when he does all those sound effects with his guitar, like on all those records that, that uh, Rage Against the Machine did, all those sounds coming out of that, that's all out of his guitar. That isn't synthesizers. It's no bullshit. He does that with his guitar. Uh, the guy is an incredible musician. One of my favorite performances of his, and I don't know where it was. I want to say the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tom Morello got up with Bruce Springsteen, and they did that Tom Joad uh, a song, uh -huh. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it was a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. I mean, Bruce got energized playing with him. I bet you Bruce wants to be in a band with him. Like, I bet you Bruce would fire a couple of those fuckers that have been with him, but he's a loyal guy. But I, I'm telling you. But um, Tom does this thing. I've seen him explain it. He uses something called a kill switch. I'm not a guitar player. What's I don't know what a kill switch is. I could get in a wiki. No, wiki's a guitar player. He can tell you. He uses a kill switch to make his guitar sound like a record scratch. You know when you hear DJs scratching records yeah, yeah, on yeah. these things? So he does that all. Hey, Steve, is there a way you could demonstrate for us with your guitar what a kill switch is? And oh, good. Here he is. Hey, Steve. Absolutely. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. So a kill switch is essentially it's it's a button or a knob he does it with a knob i have a button installed so it kills all of the feed coming out of the guitar so it's like you know this is the noise coming out of the guitar so the switch does it like that and one really cool thing that he does is he makes it sound like a record scratch so he's taking his left hand and going like like that and then with the right, right hand he's doing the kill switch like a dj going like That's it. That's what he does. Can you do the helicopter sound he does with his guitar? When Tom Morello does the helicopter sound, do you know how to do that? It's yeah, not it's easy. Like a delay. Steve's a good guitar player. 
It's like a little quicker with the delay, but it's kind of a... I can't do that one that well, but it's you, yeah. you need to kind of fuck with the effects. He does this other thing. You know, like like the 90s West Coast hip-hop guys have that. It almost sounds like a theremin. It's like mm-hmm. kind of a high-pitched thing. So he has a whammy pedal, and what he does with that is he's he's bringing the pitch of the guitar up two octaves, so it kind of sounds like uh, like Dr. Dre shit, kind of like this. <laughs> 